Welcome to Maximum Mom with Elise Buey, where you'll hear from women who are navigating the same messy journey as you. Lawyering, entrepreneurship, and mothering, what a trifecta. We're here to share tips, resources, wins, losses, and encouragement for moms who are raising a family while building a law firm. So you feel less alone in your journey toward a fulfilling career and being the best mom you can be. Good morning. This is Elise Bowie with the Maximum Mom podcast. And you'll have to excuse me today. I'm in my car. We're actually in Seattle. Doug and I are living the dream, going to doctor appointments together. So we had to like reschedule our podcast to make sure that all worked. And today I am so excited to have Tashima Watson, who is an immigration attorney in Seattle. And she has written a book called Legal Heroes in the Trump Era. And she has done amazing, amazing things with immigration over the last few years and with various lawyer mom groups in and around Seattle and around the country. And so I'm super excited to welcome you this morning. Thanks for joining us and thanks for being flexible and changing the time as well. Well, thank you so much. And you're an example of lawyering as a mother, <laughs> juggling so much. And just a tiny correction. My name is Tamina Watson. Uh, if people want to Google me or whatever, it's a T-A-H-M-I-N-A. Thank you so much. And I'm sorry about that. I always want to make everything oh. like sushimi. You know? <laughs> I get it. I get it. I, and I love sashimi actually as well. And so I'm actually missing my sushi days because it's so difficult to do it under COVID. I know. Hasn't, I mean, going out to eat has been a whole new, yeah. it's kind of way different. We actually ate last night. We had to come stay in Seattle on our boat to do this. And there's a restaurant right outside where our boat is, but it's open air. So it was so nice to be able to go and sit out and they had those big fire things, propane things, and we could sit outside, which was really nice. You know, Fantastic. it felt like a special treat. Fantastic. Well, tell us a little bit about your journey. As you know, our podcast is about being a lawyer mom, about being a lawyer and an entrepreneur. So I always like to start with your mom journey. Tell us about, tell us about your family. Like who do you have in your family and what does that look like for you? Sure. Well, I have two little girls. They're not as little as they used to be anymore. One is 10. Her name is Sophia. And I have an eight-year-old. Her name is Serena. They're cute as a button, very smart, uh, very different personalities. The 10-year-old is going on 17 so mature and you know it's she's very nurturing and the little one is really truly a little one you know she wraps everybody around her fingers and uh, the older one very much is like a second mom she'll be like honey what do you need and then when you you know when she was three she used the same language so it was very cute seeing a three-year-old say honey what would you like and you know a one-year-old google gobbledygook responses and I have an amazing husband who's incredibly supportive his name is Tom who's also a lawyer so I generally win the arguments I'd like to say but you know he's incredibly supportive. I have my own law firm. It's called Watson Immigration Law. Uh, I practice immigration only and primarily business immigration. And that means when an employer is hiring a high-skilled, talented 
folks from different countries. Uh, people are opening businesses, you know, investing money to open uh, some sort of business. Or people who are essentially uh, figuring out what to do, you know, their students and what's the next thing for them. I also practice family immigration, which is reuniting loved ones. And there's a lot to say in what this administration has done to misrepresent what that really means. Uh, and then I help people with citizenship. And I, uh, if people haven't tuned in, tuned in already, I, I'm not from the U.S., myself. I was born in the in, in the UK. I moved here when I got married to my husband, who's an American. And I met him on a blind date. I actually call it Sleepless in Seattle uh, many moons ago. And it was long distance for three and a half years before I moved here. And I had to take the bar exams in New York because I was limited in what I could practice. And then um, immigration law sort of fell on my lap. I really didn't want to practice it, but it kept following me until I succumbed. And then I realized, oh my gosh, why was I fighting this? This is everything I've been wanting to do with my life. And I haven't looked back. I, in 2009, I started my own practice and it, I, you know, I'm about to celebrate 11 years in January. Is it 11 years? No, 12 years actually, because I started in 2009 and I have, um, one associate lawyer, two paralegals, one assistant, another part-time assistant, and two contract attorneys. And um, I feel so blessed. I do a lot of pro bono work in the community, particularly uh, given the last uh, four years. And so being my own boss really helps in, you know, carving out the time. Sometimes more time really actually goes in quote unquote, saving the world. And <laughs> I really love it. I was born to do this. I feel so blessed in everything that has come my way. That's amazing. That's just, I mean, your story is fascinating. I love that you all met on a blind date. I just think that's <laughs> awesome. A blind date that worked, you know, it's, it's, it's you hear stories and you don't know which one is really going to work, but it was pretty much love at first sight for us. That's awesome. And what type of practice? Does he practice law as well? He does. He's a partner at a law firm that's uh, headquartered in Cleveland, Ohio, and he's one of the managing partners. He practices patent law. That's awesome. Well, tell us about, I mean, I really want to learn more about your book and what you have done over these past four years. I mean, it looks like from everything I can tell, I mean, you just really mobilized and mobilized so many other attorneys. I mean, I know here in the Seattle area and then other places as well. I mean, tell us what happened. I love the story of you and Aaron, you know, at a little <laughs> play place with your kids playing and your birthing, you know, major yeah. immigration organizations. Well, thank you for asking. And, you know, the story is actually in the book. And so I hope people will pick it up and learn about many other amazing lawyer moms that you and I know. Uh, some of them are in Seattle, some are not. And just before I forget to mention it, there is a book celebration party coming up on January 9th. And um, you, a couple of law mamas are featured speakers. Her name, one of them is Jill Scott. And the other one is Tracy Love, who's the founder oh, of Lawyers for Good Government. 
their speeches because the other lawyer mom who's not necessarily in one of our groups she is her name is Neha Diwan who is the national director of South Asians for Biden and she has mobilized lawyers and non-lawyers around the country and made an incredible difference in this election and then the the moderator is a mom who's not a lawyer but she's a politician she's a former mayor of uh, a small a city in in Colorado called Lafayette and she started a podcast called politicking like a mom and yes. it's so interesting so we have some incredible speakers and another lawyer mom in the UK who's going to join us from the UK who is going to speak about legal heroism in the United Kingdom in the modern era because they've taken a leaf out of this administration's book and really uh, have been trampling on the profession and immigration lawyers have physically been attacked over that which not a lot of people know so while we were being called dirt, dirty immigration lawyers immigration lawyers in the UK were actually being physically attacked some anyway that so, and this is on January 9th what time is this 11 a.m. PST. 7 p.m. GMT. It's a Saturday and uh, it's going to be really great. Uh, It's going to be, you know, talking, asking you questions of me about making of the book, because that in and of itself is a story, but really a celebration of what we have done to protect the rule of law over the last four years, how lawyers have really stepped up to the challenge. Really, we have every single one of us, and there's going to be some free giveaways and, you know, new times calls for new ways of doing giveaways. And the Attorney General of Washington State, Bob Ferguson, may or may not appear. We're, we're trying to see what his calendar looks like, but he's been a, a tremendous legal hero that has really saved many, many oh, people. He has been absolutely, I mean, I think all of us or many of us here in Washington are just so proud of what Bob Ferguson has done here in the Ninth Circuit and around the country. I mean, he has just led the way, I think, legally from an attorney general standpoint in a way that, I mean, I just am always so proud of him every time he does anything. And some of the attorneys there in his office I'm close with and I'm just so happy for the work they do. And um, well, I'm so glad to know about the celebration on January 9th. Tell us a little bit about your book and how that came about and what that all looked like. COVID-19 really threw us all in a, into a you know big frenzy and suddenly we're finding ourselves at home. And I have a podcast myself. It's called Tamina Talks Immigration. It used to be a live radio show for two plus years. And then the radio station closed. So then I turned it into a podcast. But podcasting really meant going into a studio, you know, having all the equipment and somebody doing the sound. But suddenly we're not leaving our homes and Zoom is now part of everyday life. And I thought, well, you know, there's an election coming up in in November. We're now in March, April. April is when I was starting to think about it. And I thought, you know, I'm going to do a series because we didn't really know how the election was going to turn out. And if we were to have a repeat of November 2016, we really needed to pull out all the stops. But having gone through that challenge, so many people really did step up to the challenge. We needed to learn from them. And so I instinctively wanted to just speak to the people who did step up to learn how they actually found themselves in those positions. What did they do between the November, January timeframe to prepare? Because those who really did make a, a difference actually stepped up before we 
knew they had to have a plan. A, a lot of people were reactive and we didn't really know what was going to happen, but a lot of people were somewhat prepared and I wanted to make sure I spoke with them. And so I started a podcast series called Legal Heroes in the Trump Era. And it started around June-ish and um, very grateful that Bob Ferguson did say yes to being part of that series. But many other lawyers, including Erin Albanese, who's the co-founder of yeah. Lawyer Mums of America, but also my nonprofit, w- Widen, and, and several others. There are 13 um, people in this. And many of them are lawyer mums because those have, as you know, lawyer mums have played a special part in the last four years honest to God. And so as I was interviewing them, I thought, oh my gosh, you know, these interviews need to be in one spot. Because if I do not have them in one spot, they're going to be scattered. You may or may not listen to them or won't understand the impact that everybody's been able to make. And so um, it was really important that I put them in one spot. But that also gave me the opportunity to tell my story because otherwise I probably wouldn't have. And so as I recorded the first and second and the, the moment I realized I needed a book, I started to wake up at 4 a.m. to start writing because when I was I going to write a book in this, you know, frenzied lifestyle, you know, running a practice and, you know, Trump didn't stop his policy changes just because of COVID. He stepped up, you know, onto that. Exactly. It was ban after ban after ban and policy changes. And I mean, I wish I could, if I were to draw a picture, it would just be scribbles because that's how it felt, you know, 2020. So that's how the book came about. And every single person had the same questions posed to them and their answers varied. But what I really tried to do is I wanted the listener who would be a lawyer primarily, but maybe not, relate to the people that they're listening to in these podcasts. The people who are in the book come from varied backgrounds. They're big law, solo, small law, in-house, government law, nonprofit law. You know, no matter what lawyer you are, you will relate to one of them. And then I wanted to talk about not just immigration, because immigration was a key issue for this administration. But what wasn't? You know, know, the civil rights being trampled on. We had Black Lives Matter protests. You know, if the pandemic has taught us anything, it's that climate change is real and it's here. We need to address it. So one of the lawyers is an environmental lawyer who has been fighting for climate change throughout his practice. And so there are varying practice backgrounds as well as practice types so that lawyers of different types will relate to any of them. But what is interesting is you know, during the, the last four years when we saw the separation of parents and the travel ban and everything in between, non-lawyers really wanted to help too. It, oh, yeah. who, who didn't want to help in these crises moments? And what the book will ultimately tell you is that you don't have to be a lawyer. You don't have to be, you know, quote unquote hero. Your whatever you do is heroic. You know, all of the people in these books are ordinary people like you and me. And one of the things I love about Jill Scott, for example, that she says in her interview, what, and one of the reasons that she's, uh, you know, always next to my side whenever we're doing presentations, she says that like many of the listeners to your show, as the travel ban was happening and we were seeing 
the due process and rights rules, the rule of law being trampled on, many lawyers were like, I need to now donate. I need to do something because it's not my area of law. But there came a point when donations weren't enough. You're like, I need to do more. And Jill Scott says that so beautifully. And every single lawyer mom will relate to that. You know, and so once you actually take that one step to do one action, it ignites something within you because you know you can do more. And that's the story you will hear over and over again. And I hope that is what people will take away, whether you are a lawyer or not. And I do say in my book that once you read this, I hope the hero within you comes out because we can make a difference. And the other thing I want people to remember is that, yes, we all face these challenges in the last four years. But it doesn't mean that just because we have new incredible leadership coming into office that we sit back. We haven't finished our work. If anything, our work has to, we have to double down on fixing things. What happened in the last four years is really taking apart democracy, taking apart the laws that took so long to put in place. Some were through actual congressional statutes, some were through policies and regulations, some were just moral, ethical, guidelines of what a society should hold. We need to put all of those back in action. And so people should not forget. And I hope they continue to be inspired to say, yes, you know what? I am going to go to that food shelter once a week and help these this food bank because the pandemic has shown us that boy, the inequities that we have, they're exposed. You know, in as you know, you're in Seattle, there's a housing justice project, yet you know, so much is going on in the housing arena and they need pro bono attorneys. Why can't you just do something with that? You'll hear from Lawyers for Good Government and uh, Tracy Love. They have created programs where lawyers can work just from home, from your dining table, making a huge impact. There's so much that can be done. You just need to touch the surface and you'll find it. And once you've done that, just like Scott, Jill Scott, just like Shelley Garzone, who is another law mom in the book, you will find that it's going to start something and you will not be able to stop. The Guild is an insanely productive community of lawyer entrepreneurs with a growth mindset who share their collective genius and hold each other accountable to take their careers and businesses to the next level. But in 2021, we are upping the game. In addition to exclusive access to the group, FaceTime with the two of us, discounted pricing for live events, and front seat exposure to live recording and podcasts and video, we are mapping out for members the exact growth playbook with our new program, Maximum Lawyer in Minimum Time. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships and experience content specifically designed to complement your plan for growth. For a limited time only, the Maximum Lawyer and Minimum Time program will be offered for free to all new Guild members. Join us by going to maxlawguild.com. I mean, the thing that I think I'm so inspired by, both with your book, your work, but also with women and women attorneys in particular, I mean, we are seeing such rollbacks in all the advances we women have made in the workforce. And so many women now have pulled back, you know, because of the inequities at home and the remote learning and what they have to do and the the labor that women hold in their home. And I mean, the stats are staggering at how many women are now pulling out of the workforce. And I, I am so hopeful that over these next four years, we can bring 
that issue more and more to the table the for employers to think about how they're treating their women employees and how we're treating families because we have got to get that equity and obviously we were never at equity even you know prior to 2016 but we were closer then than we are now for sure i mean we are going to have to make huge strides over the next four years to be able to put us, you know, on pace for where we would be had we not had this Trump administration and this pandemic and, you know, their just abysmal handling of the pandemic. And I just, yeah, it's kind of mind boggling. I mean, I think the the work that you have done and I think of Tracy's work with the Lawyers for Good Government, I mean, seeing some of the things, just the simple things where when the Supreme Court, you know, they're doing the hearings and I mean, they're presenting petitions from 6,000 of us who have signed petitions, you know, expressing concern about who's coming on. One of my biggest hopes is that people pay attention to the Supreme Court now and more regularly. I mean, I can't imagine what's going to happen to our jurisprudence over the next, I mean, generation, you know, with who's on the court now and how that's going to look. I mean, I think we have major work cut out for us from a legislative standpoint to be able to combat what is going to be the judicial kind of wildness of the Supreme Court. And hopefully, you know, Congress will be able to do things. But I mean, I so agree with you. I mean, lawyer moms are, I think, some of the most powerful people in the world. And it's interesting when you talk about how many women wanted to step in and help once they saw what was going on. It immediately reminds me of many moms with their children. You know how a mom will find out maybe their children has a special need in school. Well, I mean, you had better watch out because that mom, and especially if she is a lawyer mom, I mean, that school just better get all their ducks in a row because that child is going to get everything they need and everything they're entitled to. And that mom is going to take on a part-time job to make sure that happens. And there'll be no stopping her. And I think if we can put that same fervor and energy into what our country needs, imagine what can happen. I I agree. I agree 100%. And just to touch on the Supreme Court before I come and talk about women, just yesterday, I believe, or Friday, the Supreme Court allowed the census to go ahead without, you know, listing immigrants. And so you're absolutely right. We need to keep an eye on that. And our advocacy needs to step up because, you know, so many rights, not just immigrant rights, women's rights, but LGBTQ rights, you know, civil rights in general. So all of these are now, you know, going to be under the spotlight and we can bet our bottom dollars that there will be advocacy groups on the right that are going to push the laws so that they can go to the Supreme Court. So we all need to be vigilant about that. But coming back to women, I say all the time that lawyer moms could run the world and actually it would be an even better place. It will be a compassionate world. It it could potentially be utopia. It's like, you know, and two things I will mention. Number one, absolutely read my book. Number two, um, I just recently was named one of the women of influence uh, by the Puget Sound Business Journal, which was so um, exciting and I'm so honored, but they did ask me a question about women. And what I did say in that, and I'll make sure that you get the link to that, is that 
we're multitasking compassionate people. You know, we can be assets. We should be looked upon as assets because not only do we care about our families and children, we really juggle and we juggle well. And we can make a difference because our hearts are wherever our hands are. And we care so much. I mean, you know, one of the phrases that are often used in our women's circle is be a mediocre white man. But, you know, our best is <laughs> so much more than that. You know, you just need to see what women have done over the last four years. The women's movement, the Me Too movement, I mean, honestly, look at what that was. Women came together and actually exposed these chronic problems that were happening. Imagine if these women were put to work. Exactly. You know, we see those ants that actually like are really trying to outdo each other. Like, how can we do, how I can do better, you know, and we collaborate so much better, you know? So I really agree with you. And I think women need to be looked upon as assets. And I, I, I feel hopeful that the Biden-Harris administration coming in, their communication team are all young women who are mothers. And I think we'll start to see those changes. So I do feel like the Biden-Harris administration will be a transformatory administration where all of these things will be acceptable. So let's watch this space and let's keep moving towards that. And, you know, it's we need to cheer ourselves on because like you're doing, you know, having me and many other lawyer moms on your podcast, we all need to do, do, do the same and spread the word because we need to be recognized. We're sort of recognized, but sort of like, you know, do we want to give that person the space because, you know, that space is going to be taken by you know, a, a white man may not actually make it into that spot. I mean, I, I say that and it's only to say because it's a phrase that's used often, you know, to describe a generic type of person. It is a real thing, though, still in the world, obviously, as we're seeing women coming out of the workforce. And as a, a law firm owner myself, I mean, I in other law firm owner circles, I mean, many people, they don't want to hire a young woman. I mean, they're thinking about all those things like, you know, is she going to take off? Is she going to have a baby? Is she going to be, you know, dedicated? Is she going to be this? Is she going to be that? And I mean, I can't stress enough and I can't say it enough to the people I deal with. Women attorneys are some of the most hardworking, loyal, amazing workers that I've ever had. They will do their work around their advocacy for their families in a way that is, I mean, it's really unsurpassed. And I mean, I love hiring women attorneys who are coming back into the workforce after having children, because I mean, they are some of the greatest workers. They will get their stuff done. They know how to prioritize. They know when they need to be available for work. They know when they need to be available for their children. And they are amazing. I mean, they are just like kick ass attorneys. And I, I love supporting those people. And I love really being able to provide an environment that is friendly to both them being their best mom self and their best lawyer self. We don't have to choose. And I think that that is something, but I mean, I think more and more employers have got to get on the bandwagon and realize that if we can provide the type of environment that is conducive, I mean, we can raise up so many women attorneys and the things they can accomplish. I mean, 
there is no limit. I don't even think the sky is the limit. Like I have seen so many people do so many amazing things that are just inspirational to me daily. And you are one of those people. And I just, thank you. (laughs) I just, I mean, it's really amazing. And I'm so glad we were able to have you on today and thank you so much. And if you wouldn't mind sending me the link to the book party on the ninth, because I want to make sure we get that out because I would love for people to be able to participate in that. I mean, what an inspirational event. Thank you. Thank you. And I want to add that it's not just lawyer moms, women in general. Uh, I have the very same attitude when I need an assistant or a paralegal and, you know, my team will basically confirm. I always say I would love to get a mom back into work Yep. because that's when you realize that's the realization you wake up and you're a new person because you've kept a human being alive while brushing teeth. Believe it or not, that's a challenge, <laughs> which you don't believe before you have that child. You're like, what do you mean you can't brush your teeth? You don't have time for it, you know, but you do. And you, le- you learn to juggle, you learn how to prioritize. And moms in general have that skill in buckets. So put us everywhere, lawyer or not, because yeah. we can change the world. And Jacinda Adern, she is a model example of mothering while leading. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the original lawyer mom, you know, what we need are supportive men who recognize that we have these within us, you know, and that's what we're lacking, the supportiveness. I'm very, very blessed that my husband is just like Marty Ginsburg, but I know not everybody is like that, but employers need to have that attitude to understand that you need to if you can do that, just like you mentioned, provide that environment, you will be able to see the increase in everything. And it's better for everybody. If, it's if you're so much better for everybody. Well, and it's interesting. I mean, do you mention, I mean, I joke, my husband's name is Doug. And I'm like, you know, I have Kamala's Doug, just like Kamala has. I mean, the yeah. most supportive husband, I think, on the planet. I couldn't do a, a one one hundredth of what I do without his support. And I mean, but I know, I mean, one, having been married before and not having that support and knowing many people who do not have that kind of support, we as just people in the world, we have to realize that that is lacking in so many homes. And as employers and as people who are interacting with people, we have to provide more of that support. And I mean, I think as employers, we have to think outside the box more about benefits, even what kind of benefits are we providing our people? And I mean, one of the things we do in our office that I think has been really helpful is we provide an administrative assistant, like a concierge service to all the employees in the office so they can delegate tasks to whether it's grocery delivery or dry cleaning or whatever, you know, but just having that type of delegation, I mean, from a receptionist to an attorney, everybody has that. Oh, wow. I'm going to take that example from you potentially (laughs) yeah well it's really helpful because i mean as we all know we just we don't have time to do it all i mean nobody does you know i don't care who you are like nobody does and so yeah i think it's an important benefit and i think it's one that women really need and we need more support in that regard well i really look forward to seeing you again on january 9th and thank you again so much and thanks for changing the time and being so flexible 
Of course, thank you for having me and thank you for giving a voice to so many of us because I think it's absolutely essential in this okay. moment in history. And you, I hope you enjoy your holiday time and I hope you have a wonderful new year. Thank you, you too. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Mom Podcast, a production of Maximum Lawyer Media. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. See you next time.